Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Hallelujah. I want us to talk this morning, Bazalwane. Amen. We are still on our theme, Christ Inc., because we said we need to look at ourselves not just as a religious organization, but we need to look at ourselves as as a body, as a legal entity here on earth. Uh, That legal entity that has been established by God to come and do kingdom business or the business of the kingdom of God. We are authorized to be here. And whatever we do, wherever we do it, we are representing uh, the kingdom of God. And, And our God wants us to be equipped so that we can know how to represent his kingdom uh, everywhere uh, we go. Amen. Amen. Are we here? Now, last week we um, touched on the subject, money matters. And we are continuing on this topic, and it's 2.0, or part two, if you may. Sometimes I just become naughty with these titles but uh, it's just who I am, amen. So the easier way of looking at it is just part two, amen. Money matters. Uh, And I said the pun is intended, amen, Uh, because money matters. It matters in this world how much you have. And the Bible acknowledges that. That was awkward, like there was dead silence in the room. It's almost like... Uh, many of you are like, does it not matter that we have Jesus in our hearts? Yes, it does, but even Jesus Christ himself, uh, when it was uh, time to pay taxes, he said, give uh, Caesar what belongs to Caesar. <laughs> Amen. He himself had to organize a miracle and, and, and send the disciples to get money from the mouth of the fish. Uh, so that taxes can be paid because he acknowledged that in this world we are living in money matters. It matters. The Bible says money answers uh, all things. Yes. It says money is a defense. Amen. I made this example um, uh, in Hillcrest last week. I said there are many people who are in jail today serving sentences because they could not afford an attorney to come and represent them, even though they had the truth. Um, uh, They were unable to represent themselves, and hence uh, they are in jail today. There are many people who are guilty of many things in this world, and yet uh, (laughs) they are walking around uh, free. Others, uh, it is alleged that they are still alive. Uh, (laughs) it is alleged I'm not sure who are you thinking about but I I, I was just saying so (laughs) so but there are also financial matters that are critical that we are supposed to talk about just to make sure that we are position ourselves as the citizens of the kingdom of God, to position ourselves to, to attract 
uh, money to become a, a, I was listening to somebody and he said to not be a money chaser but be a money magnet uh, and, and so there are critical matters that we have got to discuss and go through so that we can position ourselves and become money magnets. I don't know about you, I want to be a money magnet. I want to attract money. And the first step is to change the mindset. Many of us, we have mindsets that are money repellents. Uh, looking at what we sometimes say about money. Money does not stay where it is not appreciated. Where it is not uh, <laughs> valued. <laughs> Sometimes some of the things we say about money, some of the belief systems we have, they, they cause us to miss opportunities of being blessed uh, by God. Amen. Um, so we, we have got to have the wisdom to manage um, our finances as God gives them to us. I'm going to read from two places, and we are going to start from where we read last week, Luke chapter number 9 and verse number 13. Uh, pray for me these days. I have a, a challenge of not finishing the teachings, and Umam Fundisi is beating me to this, and now she's always on my case uh, all the time. So pray for me today. Hallelujah. So he called 10 of his servants, say his servants, say his servants, and gave them 10 minus, say gave them, say it like you mean it, gave them, say the Lord will give me my portion, say the Lord will give me my portion. Then he said to them, put this money to work until I come back. Put this money to work until I come back. Mind you, the Bible says he, he gave his servants. And if you continue with the next verse, it says then the servants, the, the citizens were angry. And they said, we don't want to be ruled by this man. <laughs> so they were kind of getting the idea that Jehovah's nigger mal. Right. So they were upset. They said, we don't want to be ruled by this man. They were so angry. And indeed, he came back. Amen. But let's also jump to the book of 2 Kings chapter number 4. I'm going to read seven verses, so be patient with me. From verse number 1, it says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, say your servant. Say, your servant. your servant. Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. Say, your servant feared the Lord. One more time, your servant feared the Lord. One last time. Then, then she said, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves because um, the borrower will always be a slave to the lender. That's what the Bible says. It says the rich rule over the poor. That is a verse from the Bible. 
It's a painful one. But it's in the Bible. Verse number two. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? What shall I do for you? Tell me. What do you have in the house? Thank you so much. Say, what do you have? One more time. And she said, your maid servant has nothing. Now, now, take note of, you know, I love the Bible because God is very specific with details. Look at that response. The question was, what do you have? Right? And listen to that response. Your maid servant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. So she has something, but as far as she is concerned, it's nothing. Hence, she was in this situation because she thought what she has is nothing. Verse number three, then he said, go, go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbor's empty vessels do not gather just a few and when you have come in you shall shut the door behind you and your sons delete social media just be away you know don't let anything interrupt you then pour into all those vessels and set aside the full ones so she went from him and shut the door behind her. In other words, she obeyed the instruction. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her. And she poured it out. What did she pour out? The oil. From the little jar that she thought was nothing. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Right? So the oil did not cease because it was not enough. But it ceased because there were no more vessels. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil. Say sell the oil. Say, sell the oil. oil. Not the literal, not the other oil, right? Say, sell the oil. And pay your debt. Yeah. And you and your sons live on the rest. So in other words, in this miracle, there is enough to solve your problem. And there is enough to sustain your life so that you don't go back. Amen. Amen. Say, sell the oil. The The only mistake we did with this concept was to think that, okay, let me not say it. (laughs) Let me not say it. Now, 
Let's get into it because I have only a few minutes. We are, as we are sitting here, all of us this morning, it doesn't matter who you are, what your name is, where you come from, but we are all somewhere in as far as our finances are, are concerned. We are all representing different financial seasons as we are here. And some of us, maybe it's a good season. Some of us, maybe it's a bad season. There are four generally seasons that I can talk about, financial seasons. The, the first one is the season of no money, no income. You're not working. There's no money coming in. Some of us, as we are sitting here, we don't know when is the next meal going to come from because there's no form of income that we are currently having. And then there's a second season, which is a season of not enough. You have it, but it's not enough. Uh, when the money is finished, there's more month left. Have you ever like thought, I've miscalculated, I thought this was the week of... <laughs> The kicking, you know, uh, and and you realized, hey, it's only the second week. Uh, uh, many of us we love the month of February, especially if you are uh, you are ending at the last day of the month. If it's not a leap year, it's even upon us because on the 28th, a miracle will happen. It's like your bank account is going to be shocked on the fact that on the 28th, there's something that came in. And then there's also a season of just enough. In other words, whatever that you have, it is enough for the level where you are. And it sustains you. You're able to get by. You're able to uh, afford life. You can buy food. You can pay for accommodation. You can pay for your car. Amen. But there's another level. Say there is a level on top. <laughs> if you are interested, that is. Somebody once said that uh, prosperity is not prosperity if all you have is just enough for you. That is not prosperity, he said. He said it is survival. And Nakona, if something happens, in other words, it is just enough for the month. So if your company can say, we are not going to be able to pay you on the 31st. says, hey, it might be two weeks of hell. But there's another season, which is a season of more than enough. Are we here? More than enough. So, all of us as we are sitting here, we are representing one of those seasons. Some of us we don't have. Some of us we, we, we have, but it's not enough. Some of us we, we have. It is enough, but enough for us. Enough for me, enough for my children. But yes, maybe some of us, we, we, we have 
and it is more than enough. But all of us are representing one or more of those seasons. So God always desires to improve our seasons financially. No matter what kind of season we are in, God always desires to. He can always make it better. He can always improve it. Why? Because the Bible says uh, to everything there is a time, there is a season, right? And, and the Bible describes God as the God who changes seasons. And because he's the God who changes seasons, in other words, it does not matter where you are in these four seasons that I've just described. God can always shift you from a season of not having money or income to a season of having income, right? And, and he can shift you from that season of having that income and, and it's not enough. And he can shift you from it and make it better and, and shift you to a season of a, a, a season of just enough, right? So that you can you can um, be okay and be fine. Amen. I mean, it's a beautiful season where you can go to a restaurant if you want to. You know, you can buy. Um, uh, one of the biggest lessons that I, I learned when I got married was, especially when my wife resigned from work, was that I must not always uh, um, wait for her to come and ask money so that she can go and buy her things. I, I sense a, a, like a deliverance in the room, like it was a wave of deliverance that walked in the, into the room. So I had to think ahead and, and give it to her so that she can have buying power and just be free to just go and and that's why even now my my prayer always is to free her money. Uh, she has income, but I don't want to burden her income uh, so that she can have buying power. So I always say to her, I'll pay for the difficult things, for the expensive things. You know those ones that when you pay for, you're like, mm. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, school fees, oh, it's another month, oh my goodness, pay for the house, oh, pay for the car, ouch, it's difficult, amen, because she, she has to, it's, it, that's, that's liberty on its own, to be able to buy, to be able to go into a shop and say, um, I need a cologne and, and just go and buy cologne. And, 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 and because there is that season, probably many of us, we've been in that season where you believed God for bread. And if you've gone through life, you will know. Yeah. There was a season in your life where you had to believe God for bread. Yeah. Literally. David puts it yeah. this way. And that's a scripture that, 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 you know, for me is, is huge. Like it's a, it's, it, this is what life should be all about. Mm. David puts it this way. He says, I was young and now I am old. And he says, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Listen. And then he said, no, he's seed begging for bread. So, so, so David says, I might have gone through a season of begging bread. 
Because he says, no, he's seed, begging for bread. So I, I might go through a season of begging for bread, believing God for bread, believing God for this, believing God for that, believing God for the next meal, believing God for this part. But the greatest breakthrough that God can give you is when your seed will not beg for bread. So when we are breaking the spirit of poverty, we are breaking the spirit of begging Amen. that my children will not beg. Amen. My children will not have to knock on any door and beg no one. Amen. For I, I'd rather go through that season and if I taste it, my goodness. I, and, and I believe that God maybe allows us to taste it so that we know how it feels like. And that's why I always say so that you also don't make another person to feel it when they are asking for help from you. If you know how painful it is when you are waiting for that SMS for the e-wallet. When somebody in the morning said, I will send it to you. And you've been waiting and, and, and you are in a state of begging now. You have got to remind them, please call Ungankosh. So it's the greatest deliverance when God shifts you from that season of begging to a season of giving you your own so that you can buy your own bread, buy your own car, buy your own house, buy your own food, afford life at the level of your desires. Not at the level of someone else's desires, but at the level of your desires. God wants each and every one of his children to reach that level. Are we here? Uh, I'm left with just a few, um, few minutes, Bazalwane. But, but what I like here, the common thing in these two different scenarios. Here's what I want us to read. The Bible says, let the Lord be magnified. That's in Psalm 35 and verse number 27. Who has pleasure... God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So, so God does not like it when we are begging for bread. Amen. It pains him when we lack financial prosperity especially. Are, are we here, Bazalan? I know many of us, when we hear this word prosperity in the church, we freak out. Amen. I'd rather preach about prosperity than rapture. Why, Mfundis? Because there's plenty of the word prosperity in the Bible. And we have to work hard to prove the existence of the word rapture in the Bible. Okay, that's fine. So here it's clear, black and white in scripture, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So these two scenarios where we read, we are seeing that Jesus compares himself to this master who gave his servants money. So if I regard myself as a servant of God, God has pleasure in my prosperity. Even, even the woman who wanted a financial breakthrough says to the prophet, your servant is dead. And we find ourselves in this situation. So, so us being, that's why, you know, the Bible says, here's the scripture that we love quoting. There is no weapon formed against you that shall prosper. Right? There is no weapon formed against us that shall prosper. And then it says, and every tongue 
that rises up against us in judgment, we shall condemn it. And then the next line says, this is the inheritance of the servants of God. So if I'm God's servant, I qualify to be rescued by God. I qualify to be protected by God. God desires for his servant. So I can never be a servant of God and not expect God to be involved in the affairs of my life. I'm not sure if you are going to hear or understand me. I want to close in just a moment. Amen. So it is God's desire, therefore, it is God's desire for his servants to experience his prosperity, especially financially, because prosperity is not supposed to be limited to finances. But yes, it involves finances. And many of us, we do experience prosperity in all other areas, but we are struggling in as far as finances are concerned. Let's acknowledge there are in this time places we cannot go to because we don't have the financial means. There are certain things we cannot buy because we don't have the financial. Obama Zimela used to put it this way. You'll realize that all of a sudden that pain is gone. It's like, wow. I thought I'm not feeling good, you know. He said, Amen. Hallelujah. But but let's 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 move, Barcelona, so that we understand. But here's what I I think many of us go through as the children of God. Here's what we go through as the children of God. Many of us, we are servants of God, but we fail to claim our inheritance. Our inheritance of prosperity. Look at this equation. There's something wrong here. God says in Psalm 35, I have pleasure in the prosperity of my servants. And listen to the widow. The widow goes to the prophet and says, your servant uh, is dead. And he says, you know that your servant used to fear the Lord. But yet we find ourselves in this situation. So here is this man of God who was well-meaning. He was following the prophet. He was a student or a, a protege of the, of, the, of the prophet. He, was, he himself was a servant. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand if the person right? look at this person a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to who? Cried out to who? This is the same Elisha. (laughs) That when Elijah came to anoint, he found him wealthy. So in other words, this woman says, your follower, you are good, you you are great. As a servant of God, you took advantage of what God is capable of doing to his servants. But your servant was able to prophesy and yet he missed out on taking the mantle of prosperity. He says, this man used to fear the Lord. But, but, but the Bible says about those who fear the Lord, Bazalon. The Bible says about those who fear the Lord, Psalm 112 from verse 1, praise the, praise the Lord, blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Bless the man who does what? Fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. And then in verse 3, it says, wealth and riches will be in his house. So your fear of the Lord is not enough until it translates into wealth and riches in your house. It is incomplete. Many of us, we fear God and then we stop. 
we fear God and we think God is just impressed with us fearing Him and remaining in struggles in life. God wants us to take advantage of the benefit that is there. Remember, the Bible says God daily loads us with benefits. There is an inheritance for you as a child of God that you need to go for. That as a servant of God you are serving, you are God-fearing. You cannot therefore accept the state of affairs to be in a season of not enough. A season of not even having any form. You need to understand who you are. You are the servant of the most high God. And the Bible says blessed are you if you fear the Lord. If you are the servant of the Lord, wealth and riches shall be in your house. And therefore all of us, it does not matter which season we find ourselves in, we need to pause and ask ourselves if I am indeed the servant of the Lord, if I am indeed a God-fearing servant of the Lord, why is there no wealth and riches in my house? Why is there no wealth and riches in my house? So God, therefore, always wants to intervene. He always wants to step in because it embarrasses him. The fact that you can be his servant, you can be his child. And that's why God will always look forward to your prayer of intervention. And here's the attitude of God. God says, I know what you need even before you ask. But he says, you must therefore go ahead and ask. In other words, God was simply saying, I'm not going to move until you see a need, until you believe, until you get to a point where you are going to say, I qualify for this kind of prayer. I qualify to ask God for his intervention that he may shift me from this place of not enough so that I can go to the place of more than enough. That's why he says to us, ask and it shall be given unto you. So in other words, we need to get over ourselves. In other words, we need, that's why the Bible says you have not because you do not ask. So we need to get to a point where crying over not having is not enough, Bazalwan. God is not going to be moved by the fact that you are just in distress and you are just in sorrow. Ask, open your mouth and say, God, ask. And say, God, I am asking. Feeling pity about yourself is not going to change any situation. At some point, you need to begin to prosper. That's why the Bible talks about Isaac in verse number 1 of Genesis 26. It says there was famine. In verse number 1, Isaac was part of the famine. In other words, he did not have. He was in a season of not having it. But in verse number 13, the Bible says, then Isaac began to prosper. So as a child of God, you, you qualify for the season of beginning of prosperity. In other words, you can move from a season of not having. I don't have a job. I don't have an income. I don't have whatever financial means. But God, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to trust you. I am not going to let you go until you leave a blessing behind. I know you are able to bless. I know you are able to open a door. I know you are able to touch hearts. I know you are able to turn the hearts of the kings. I'm not going to stop until I reach my financial breakthrough. I am not going to stop believing. I am not going to stop praying. I am going to ask and I am going to be loud about it. I am going to pray today. I am going to pray tomorrow. I am going to come back to that altar and ask again. And the reason why I am asking is because you said I must ask. And if I 
don't have, it is because I do not ask. And if I don't have, I will definitely ask. Because you said in your word, if I ask, it shall be given unto me. At this point, I don't know, maybe others feel I don't qualify, but I'm going to ask. Maybe situations do not allow me to ask, but I am going to ask anyway. I am that woman with the issue of blood. Religion does not allow me to ask, but I am going to ask. Religion does not allow me to be out there, but I'm going to be out there so that I can position myself to ask. I'm going to ask anyway. And I'm going to be very loud about my asking. I'm going to be very irritating. I'm going to irritate my neighbor. I'm going to irritate my pastor. I'm going to ask him to pray for me again and again. I'm going to pray for myself. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask my brothers and sisters to pray with me. Because all I know that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above I can ever ask or think. And therefore, as long as I have not seen the hand of God, I will ask. I am going to go back again and ask. I'm not going to Stop until I see it. Jacob said, I am not going to let you go until you leave a blessing behind. I'm not going to let you go, God, until you give me that job. I'm not going to let you go, God, until you increase my business. I'm not going to let you go until you give me that promotion. I'm not going to let you go until I can afford the car. I am not going to stop asking until I can afford that house. I know there is always let me tell you this it's only people who do not want you to go for more from God God does not have a problem with you asking for more because when he gives you more he does not take from your neighbor you have your own portion the Bible says we strong is in Christ our will has already been signed. So when I'm going back for more, I'm going back for my portion. I'm going back for my portion. So we need to understand this about it. We just need to swallow the pride and begin to ask God for a financial breakthrough. Yes, me. The servants in the book of Luke did not even ask. God said, Jesus here, comparing himself to this master. He says, because they are my servants, I'm going to give them a portion. Here is this widow. The widow is stranded in debt. She says, I'm not going to keep quiet. The fact that this man is dead, I know he's gone. And I know the man he has been following. when he took the mantle of Elijah he said where is the God of Elijah Amen. Amen. so 
I can be in a house that produces results and I'm not benefiting from those results. I, I cannot be under a covering that is able to demonstrate that God is able. like Elisha and ask can't where is the God of this altar where, where is the God of this altar it's, it's almost like you need to say if if I'm, I'm going to put some a few husbands in trouble but I'm sorry but, but I apologize in advance you, you need to sit as a wife and say but if if Muruti is able to love Mamruti then that way I mean can't you just just do exactly what he's doing just do that the mental is here the grace is here the anointing is here the wisdom is here just apply the same just apply the same just that's that's stone don't yeah it's like you, you say oh, I, I don't have resources just just go back to the history and say no in this church in this church, i know you want to start a business and you you are nowhere but in this church we started and this woman did not keep quiet say she your servant it's like your servant and he feared the Lord and he's dead now he left us in debt but listen to Elisha's response Elisha does not rush to perform a miracle number one he says what shall I do for you it's like it's like God is like Jesus Jesus you know that man that was blind he calls out for Jesus Jesus says what do you want me to do what do you want me to do I, I know what you need the most but I want to hear it from you what do you need from me so Elisha pauses and says what shall I do are you, are you just complaining about your situation or do you need a breakthrough because many of us we don't know how to pray we don't pray we complain we go to God me Lord your servant I don't have anything okay yeah fine you don't have anything what do you want me to do as the revelation you have of what I am capable of doing coming to tell God about your situation does not really help because he's already aware of your situation what do you want him to do financial breakthrough what kind do you need listen the, the miracle is in direct proportion to your level of faith every time Jesus heals somebody he says according to your faith that's why the oil did not cease in other words God was willing to continue it's like I can do this all day as long as you bring me vessels to fill I can do this all day so our level of asking must be upgraded 
by God's revelation of his ability to perform. What do you want me to do? He says. And then he says, What do you have? This woman says, I have nothing. Ah, but just a small anyana little bit of oil. Elijah says, I can work with it. So the question is, what are you anointed for? What is it that when you do, you do it so well, you can sense that it is not by power nor by might, but it is by my spirit. Okay, I can work with that. I can use that. But, but then he says, I'm rushing here. He says, but go and borrow vessels. Because what you have is, will not be enough if you are not going to challenge yourself to go and borrow ideas from others. Go and borrow vision from others, strategy from others. Go and borrow, and how can I stretch this vision that I have? How can I make it work? And because from my perspective, it is going to limit God. In other words, if I am jury, I'm sorry to make an example always about you. So in other words, I need to go and watch Tyler Perry for an example. I'm, I, I am not saying God give me what he has, but I am borrowing his vessel. I am bringing it closer so that I can increase my capacity. I can increase my capacity. So I need to understand that if, if I am Jacob Musibad, I am trying to build a church and all I have is limited to where I come from, where I am. My vessel is too small. So I need a baboon smeller next to me so that I can borrow the vessel so that I can increase my capacity to be able to receive at this level. What are you anointed for? And the prophet says, let me tip you. Don't borrow fuel. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Says, don't borrow fuel. Bring as many as you can. Because in other words, the prophet was whispering to her to say, Lao Tela call. There's unlimited supply. So borrow as much as you want. So in other words, there's this concept in business there. If you are in business or whatever, go and study it. Upscaling. Because many of us, we have good ideas. But they are small in capacity. Small in quality. Ask yourself, how can I improve this thing so that it can be of high value to attract the necessary demand? And here's the part I like. She said, and then after the oil ceases, I'm trying to summarize this thing quickly. After the oil ceases, the prophet says, go and sell it. So my question is, what are you selling? They're saying to me, but for this minute, okay. The, the, the problem with that mindset at the moment is that because you are not upgrading the value of your service to your company. That's why you are not going to upscale it to a point where they are going to value what you do and pay you accordingly. Not, not according to the salary scale or the bracket that you are supposed to be in because they were trying to fill a position. You can fill that position in and say, 
I'm going to borrow vessels. That even though I'm junior where I am, I'm just going to grow this thing. I'm going to develop this thing to a point where my boss will not be able to ignore me. They will have to organize some form of promotion or increase or whatever because at the level I am selling, yeah, I am bringing what I'm anointed for and I'm not just, I'm not just here to just do a nine to four. I'm selling. I'm selling what I'm anointed for. I'm, because realize, when the prophet was talking to this woman, he says, go. Go. The same words that Jesus said. Go into all the world. Right? Go. It's like, I'm sending you. Go. So, so when I'm going, I'm going with the attitude of, I'm not just here to be a servant. I'm already a servant of God. I'm here to sell because the concept of money just stands on these two legs. It's either you are selling a product or you are providing service. I'm, I'm not sure if you're going to get me. It's either you are providing a service or you are selling a product. I'm, I'm not sure if you, you noticed that I didn't mention a job there. So a job is a starting point. You need to look at your job at some point as a service that I'm providing for this company. Be a service provider. Until even the company one day will say, why don't you start your own company and just provide a service? And then instead of paying you a salary, you will invoice us and let's pay you for the service because they realize the way that you carry yourself. You are not coming as an employee. You are coming as a service provider. Sell it. Sell the oil. There's an example I wanted to make, but I don't have time. Let's stand on our feet, please. money here's what he does he anoints you for the gift the skill the ability that you have and then he says grow it develop it value it stretch it improve be obsessed about it to a point where you are going to do it the only way you can do it There are many people who have abilities, but they take them. It's like this woman. It's like we're chasing a solution all along. <laughs> it's like it's almost like the prophet did not introduce anything new. So, what does this mean? It means this woman has been sitting with the solution, including her husband for that matter. Because we thought it was just a little oil. It was just a little oil. It was just a little oil. So what God does is he takes, anoints you, gives you the power. This is what the Bible says. Listen, Joseph walked into a different kingdom, ended up a jail with no resource, with nothing. All that he had was the gift and the ability. 
and the Bible says God was with him everything that he touched he blessed it to a point that the kingdom could not ignore him God then created problems that only Joseph can solve and then and then this 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 man says hey I don't you know the way that he was selling his gift his his ability his skill is anointing the the king realizes there is no amount of money that can afford this the best way I can pay you is to give you the highest position in the kingdom anybody else will report to you listen this is a foreigner from a different system comes in uses what God has given him he walked in he walked in as someone who was sold betrayed he was bruised bit worst part of it even when he's in the kingdom by the gift but the skill, the ability, the little oil, the little oil that he had, the little oil that he had. He says, I'm going to use it to gain favor, number one. The prison keeper, I'm going to solve his problem for free. Because so that one day, when this prison keeper is next to somebody more powerful than him, God will create another problem that will make him remember. Diamond. So our problem is that we don't know how to leave a mark when God gives us opportunities in places that are not significant. We hold back. We, we become mediocre. We, 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 we cheat. We become arrogant too soon. We, we, we just take things for granted. We, we just lesson when God gives you an opportunity to use your ability, your gift, your talent, your skill. That's why even as I'm doing, I'm tired of recommending Christians. Because I've been, mama, I've been disappointed that Christians, you, they are desperate. They are praying, they are crying. And then you, you talk to somebody, you say, man, and then before you know it, three months down the line, their attitude changes. They are arrogant. They think they know now. Hey, listen, my friend. Listen, life is very long. Life. Life. The least you can do. Play your part. Nobody, let me tell you, nobody in this world, dead or alive, nobody in this world can abuse, misuse your gift with no reward. Even if they will not reward you, God will reward you. Listen, God will move. That's why when Joseph was forgotten, when Joseph was forgotten, that this man used his gift and he forgot about him, God said, I will solve you. <laughs> said, I will solve you. I will Let me just create a problem that will make you remember the promise you made. Was it not the same with Daniel? Was still the same. To a point that the king wanted to kill everybody else. And then they said, hey, there's a Daniel. And the Lord is with him. That's all that you need. That God, no matter how insignificant, 
many can think what I'm doing is just be with me here cause everything that I do to prosper that everything I touch let it turn to gold that, so that you can grow to a point where you can be offered partnership you can be offered partnership it's like you, you are here you came as somebody who is but the owner will realize I need such expertise here I'm willing to give you shares because there's no salary that is so you see money you can start from I don't have it to a point where you can attract it through opportunities that have money if we can just get our minds right father we thank you this morning in the name of Jesus help us help us to take the little oil that we have and bring it and so that we can borrow vessels from near and far so that you can increase and multiply what you have already given us teach us oh God to sell in a right way in a proper way what you have given to us you said in your word gifts can make room for us and put us before kings it does not matter who is ignoring us at the moment who is betraying us who is treating us this way or that way it does not matter at the moment but now we want to trust you that you are not a wicked God to forget you are not unrighteous to forget but you will remember us that even when we were forgotten and we were at the back seats somewhere ignored mistreated but father I declare in this room right now a season change because you are a God who changes seasons in the name of Jesus anywhere we go father anywhere we are let there be a season change take us from a place of not having to a place of having more than enough that place of abundance that you have ordained for us ordained for us as your children we give you praise we thank you in Jesus name and the people said amen Let's put our hands together, please. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.